and welcome to Hong Kong Business Owners. I'm Carmen, founder of this podcast that shares inspiring stories from entrepreneurs based in Hong Kong. Whether you created your own business, thinking about doing so, or simply curious to discover business creation stories, you'll get to listen to unique business owners' journeys to learn what it takes to start a company, what the keys to success are, how to apprehend failures and challenges, and what to keep in mind when developing your own business. As an entrepreneur, one of your main focus is to sell your products or services. That's where marketing comes into play, especially digital marketing and social media. Do you know how much time we spend every day on social media? More than two hours. That's an opportunity to interact with your audience, reach new customers and get more visibility. To find out more about how to leverage social media to grow your business, check out oak.genhk.com, the agency that helps business owners find their place on social media. Now let's move on to the episode. I hope it'll inspire you and guide you in your current or future projects. And don't forget to give me five stars to show me your support. Welcome everyone to this new episode of Hong Kong Business Owners. I'm happy to be here today with Alan, founder of Impact, fitness educator, and five times Muay Thai and kickboxing world champion. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you today. <laughs> <laughs> and I have introduced you well, right? Yes. Yes. You did well. Okay. So you're traveling a lot. And mm -hmm. when you're not traveling, you teach MMA at Impact. Yes. So the club you founded in 2003 yes. in Hong Kong mm -hmm. and that you expanded mm -hmm. in uh, Singapore and South Africa at yes. that time. At the time. And you provide single session personal training and group sessions as mm -hmm. well. And you work with your brothers yeah. that are also in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And you communicate a lot on your Instagram about your lifestyle and the workout sessions that you do every day. And you just told me that you might have reached another record. Yes, a Guinness World Record. And it's probably going to be official in the next days. That's an exclusive news. Yes, then. definitely. <laughs> All right. So my first question is that you're a world champion. You're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So my guess is that you like challenges, definitely. I guess. Yeah. And where does that come from? Is it? Is it that starting martial arts as a kid, does it plant uh, a seed of challenge in your, in your mind and you want it always to reach new heights or where does it come from? I think everybody by now knows that I started martial arts as a kid. I think it's the best thing that anyone, any family, any parents can do for the kids, you know, putting them into martial arts and uh, encouraging them to take that path because it can only do you good. I mean, I don't see why not, right? So I will encourage any parents out there to get their kids to the gym, to join any martial art uh, practice, whether it's uh, karate, judo, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, kickboxing, whatever. But just get them there because that builds character. It builds confidence. And, you know, it's the best thing you could do for your, for your child. Hmm. I'm speaking for myself because that's what my parents, my mom especially, did for me. And I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me. 
without it, I would be, you know, the man that I am today and where I am today. I think that it has helped me and it has, I'm an introvert mm-hmm. by, you know, nature. <laughs> and I think it has helped me to come out of my shell and to beat all my um, issue and and express myself better and, you know, tackle, you know, all the challenges that I could, you know, face and improve in life very well. Mm. Yeah. I see that I like challenge. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think that challenge define us. I think that by going after challenge, you know, when you start going to school, you have a challenge to, your challenge is to, to pass your grade, to improve to the next class, next uh, term and whatever. And these are challenges. So you always will be facing challenges in your life. So you have to, to take them on. And I think I, a better person or you are, you feel your existence makes a lot of sense when you have challenges. Otherwise, life will be very boring, right? So you need to take on challenge. And once you don't have challenge anymore, you have mm. to look for other challenge. Yeah. You have to make it happen. You need to have, you need to always have challenges. I think until the end, until, until you die, you mm-hmm. need to have challenges. There's no retiring from challenges. <laughs> no, there is no retiring. Well, look at me. At my age now, where, you know, anyone should be retiring from fighting, I'm still going and I'm just broke a record, a Guinness World Record. Why didn't I do that when I was in my teenage or when I was much younger? And I did it now because, you know, I keep taking on challenges and I will not stop. I keep, when everything's supposed to be, when everybody expects me to slow down, I do not slow down. I keep, you know, seeking for challenge. And I think it keeps life in perspective and it keeps things interesting for me. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's true that without challenges, your life is just uh, boring. Yeah, I think it's empty. I think. Yeah, but you like a lot of challenges. Yeah. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm excited about tackling or achieving something. Look, I'll wake up in the morning and say, okay, today I want to, I want to run, I don't know, how much miles. I want to do backflip and then front flip. I want to do the split in two chair and do, you know, my training or do punching the bike while doing the split. You know, I always come with like weird goals, but goals. I always come up with things that I didn't do before that could be challenging and that would challenge me. And I'm always thinking and preparing and just looking for mm. things that will challenge me. This mm. is what I do. So, so when I wake up, I'm excited about, okay, what's today? What am I going to do today? Uh, okay, today I'm going to achieve this or that or do this combination or do this exercise or do this investment or do look for you know, something. Mm-hmm. So, and that is exciting for me. So when I'm stepping out my door, I'm like, yes, go and get it. Go and get it. This, yeah, this is yeah. yours. Go and get it. And when I come back at night, um, I reflect on what I just did. How was my day? What did I do? Was it positive? Did I achieve something? I want to achieve something every day. And when yeah. I say achieve something, it doesn't have to be big. It could be small. It could be really tiny. But it's an achievement. Mm-hmm. Anything is an achievement. You know, just making my bed in the morning is an achievement. So yeah. I want to make my bed and that's already something that I achieve, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to do something every day achieve yeah. something every day there's a lot of you're very conscious of your life and of what you're doing you're not just like a robot going to work every day so you really think about what you're doing and mm. put up challenges another thing that was kind of a challenge because 
you were born in Cameron and you settled in Hong Kong before. Yeah, in my 20s. Yeah, in your 20s. So that was also something mm. that not everybody would do. And I'm curious to know what brought you to Asia? Is it because of martial arts? Were you attracted to the diversity of martial arts in Asia, Muay Thai and all these things? Can you tell us more about how this happened and, and then how you founded Impact in Hong Kong? When, when I started martial art, I think my mom just wanted us to be to learn self-defense, being able to defend ourselves and be, being uh, more confident, being uh, also canalize our energy because remember we mm. were a big household, you know, like my brother, my sibling and I. So it's a lot of noise at home. There's a lot of, a lot going on. So my mom needed to fill our day with activities. So martial art was one of the activities that was supposed to keep us, you know, take all our energy and just teach us uh, discipline and respect and, and, you know, values that, you know, adhere to her. And which it did, you know, martial art taught us a lot of good value, like respect, like discipline, and that was good. But then improving into it, when I started doing, like, junior competition, I started loving it. And then I, I just discovered myself. I just, things that I didn't even know about myself, right? Am I a crybaby? Am I, you know, you, you, you learn things about yourself that you don't know. So during competition, I learned that I didn't like to lose. I learned that if I lose, I'll cry. I learned that I was a sore loser, you know, things like that. And I had to work on myself to overcome mm -hmm. that, right? So, and of course, with the guidance of my parents. And then going, carrying on, I started loving competition and I was doing very good. I started excelling, winning junior championship, you know, Enter school championship, you know, I got the regional championship. And then very quickly, I got to represent uh, my country. And I was the youngest in the national team. And after that, I had to go to school abroad. So I carry on there. And then I started competing internationally. I first became African champion one, twice, three, four times. My brother was African champion before me. So we were into it. And when I got to, to university, My mom wanted me to be a doctor. So okay. in Africa, the parents, when growing up, the parents kind of influence what you're going to be later in life. So they kind of see what you're good at or they see what they like and they encourage you or they kind of like low-key forces you to go that path. So the deal was because they will do and provide for me and get me to everything that I needed for my training. You know, I was to be joining training school and I had all the equipment that I needed to do my martial art, which I love much. And my parents was like, as long as, as, long as you, you perform well at school, you know, we're going to pay for your martial art training and we're going to encourage you and pay for all the competition. Okay, mm -hmm. support you. So, but you have to, the deal was, you have to do have a you know, good grade. And so we shook hands on it and all it was good, all was going well. Until I realized that I'm not really sure I wanted to be a doctor. I don't yeah. really know that's what I want. But I didn't have a choice because they were paying for everything. So if I didn't have good grade, they, they have to cut. You know, once I remember I didn't have good grade and my parents cut everything. I wasn't allowed to go to the club. I wasn't allowed to train. I wasn't allowed to even do sport at school. My parents came to the school and warned the principal that I wasn't allowed to join the sport activity. I wasn't allowed to train even at home. My mom warned me, nothing, not even training at home. So I was banned 
from doing any physical activity. So then your only, you, you had two options. Either you follow the pa their path and become a doctor yeah. or you decide to take care of yourself. Yeah. And, and that's and what you that chose. Scary. No, 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 no. No? No. I followed their path because I was just a kid. So I was following their directive. When I say that they stopped me from training at 14, when I didn't have good grade, I failed my, uh, my term and my parents were very angry. So they forbid me from doing any sport activity. So during sport activity at school, I had to stay in the class and do my homework. And at home, I was forbidden to do any sport. So not even allowed to do push-ups, sit-ups at home. Nothing. Nothing. And my mom asked my brothers to watch me, make sure that I don't do any sport. I remember like it was yesterday because one of my brothers, with whom I was very competitive, James, I was very competitive with him. He took it very seriously to watch me that I don't do any sport because, of course, he wanted to be ahead of me. We were very <laughs> competitive. So anyway, you know what I had to do? I had to wake up in the middle of the night when everyone is sleeping, when my mom is sleeping and the whole household is sleeping, to exercise. So I wake up at three o'clock in the morning when everyone is sleeping and it's dark. And then I walk very quietly in the living room. And then I start exercising while it's dark, like in the dark, right? So I just do some pushing. So you're very determined. I'm very determined. That's one thing that you notice. I, I, I'm, I'm very determined. I do it at three o'clock in the morning when it's dark, while, every, while everyone's sleeping. I'm doing my push-up, I'm doing my sit-ups, and then I lift like the, the chair and I do like some, some shoulder press and some, some biceps and, and some shoulder press. And that's all. So I do anything that I could do with anything that I have. So when I see people today, you know, having all these excuses, oh, the gym was closed, I couldn't train because the gym was closed, mm. or I couldn't go to the gym because it's too far. But I found a way to exercise and to make something out of nothing. So how did you end up being here and, and having your business from when you were with your family and they were like, you're going to be a doctor and that's it? So what happened? Yeah, so, so fast forward... I went to university and there my mom was sick and she had an operation and she, she wasn't financially able anymore to support me. And I realized while I was at university that I could do part-time job and, and pay for my own university, which I started doing. And halfway doing that, I realized that I'm supporting myself. And I say, but wait, I'm actually supporting myself. I'm free. I'm free. So they say that I have to do what they want me to do. Otherwise, they won't support me. But now I'm supporting myself, so I can actually just do whatever I want to do. So I decided to switch and get out of whatever I was doing, the course that I was doing to be a doctor. And I decided to just quit right there. And, put, and my dream was to travel the world, be a world champion, open a center, a training center, and have like a school where I can show my talent I could, I could teach other people and take care of other people and show what I'm capable of doing, right? So I could use what I'm capable of doing to help other people. That was my dream. Mm. It was my dream since then. And I set myself, and you know me, when I say that I want to do something, I'm going for it. So I stopped halfway and I switched my study to sport medicine anyway. Mm -hmm. 
and we switched to sport medicine, but it was much more relaxed. And then I traveled the world, went to France, went to Europe, went to Asia, and I started competing. I just wanted to beat everybody on my way to the top of the world, right? To be, to prove that I'm one of the best. And which I did, I did, I had some incredible fight and I had some, and I made some crazy record because Mm -hmm. one of the fights that I had a few record of the fastest fight or the fastest knockout ever recorded. What's the time? Four seconds. (laughs) That was in Muay Thai. But in MMA also I had the fastest knockout ever recorded, seven seconds. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, no, 11 seconds, sorry. Oh. MMA, 11 seconds. That's very long. Yeah, in Muay Thai was four seconds, in MMA (laughs) was 11 seconds. So that record is still on until today. No one has beaten that record. I love making record. But anyway, I think that I'm one of the luckiest person out there. Not everybody can have the chance or the opportunity to do what they like to do or what they love and earn a living doing what they love. For me, I think that I'm blessed that I could, that I, or that I'm able to do what I love to do and earn a living doing what I love to do. So wake up every morning and be excited about going out there and do what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And coming out at night and being thrilled about the achievement that I did, what I did, who I helped, and so on. So, yeah. So you reach your goals because you proved that you were the best mm-hmm. of the world <laughs> five times. Five times, not once. Twice. <laughs> no, once not n- wasn't enough. Not four, not even You five. had to do it five times. Yeah. And since then, you also started teaching people. Mm-hmm. So then you can share your knowledge and your expertise. And But remember... While teaching people, I'm also learning again and again mm-hmm. every day. I'm a fervent believer of we don't and we will not be able to stop uh, learning. I think that we will learn and we have to learn every day. I mm-hmm. think that every day I want to learn something new. And I learn every day from anybody. It doesn't have to be from uh, someone who's higher than me or someone who's uh, wiser than me or someone who's in the ranking you know, above me. I'm also learning from people who are under me, people who have a lower rank or or whatever. You Mm -hmm. learn from everyone. If you look closely, if you pay attention, you will will learn a lot from anyone. So I think you have to be very humble and very open to the idea of learning and accepting. And that's important. Every day also when I come back, I look back and I'm I'm trying to figure out what I've learned today Mm -hmm. because that's how I set uh, my achievement. Yeah. what I've learned. I want to learn every day something new. So uh, how is it to work with your brothers here at Impact? And also, like, Muay Thai is from Thailand. And so why Hong Kong? What what brought you here? Because there's a lot of other countries. Mm-hmm. You also, you told me you also had a center in uh, Singapore. In South Africa. And South Africa. So that these are very yeah. far from each yeah. other. So... so But Hong Kong is home to me because when I came to Hong Kong, my brother wasn't in Hong Kong yet. When I came to Hong Kong, they followed me afterward. When I came to Hong Kong, I just won, had a record in Asia where I won my fight in a spectacular way. And I think I was the man of the time. And the sponsor that I had at the time was coming to Hong Kong for an exhibition. And they wanted me to come to Hong Kong for that exhibition. 
So okay. I, I came along and I just came for a couple of weeks in the exhibition at the convention center. And I was supposed to just stand outside uh, and, you know, take pictures with uh, guests and just smile and wave and be pretty and strong for the camera, which I did. And after that, I had to do an appearance at uh, some school here in Hong Kong, which I did. And I think from there, people wanted, more and more people wanted me to do a few things, a few seminars and stuff. And I stayed in Hong Kong for a bit more. And after that, I never left. Mm. I, I just uh, had more and more things to do. And I just fell in love with Hong Kong. Mm. Hong Kong has this thing of just sucking people in. You never have, you never come to Hong Kong to stay. No one that I ever met was said to me, I'm going to Hong Kong to stay. No, no one. People only just coming here to pass by. I'm coming, going to Hong Kong for a few weeks, a few months maximum. No one even envisioned one year or two years. When I came here, I met, I remember I met a girl who said that she was here for three years. And I was like, what? Three years? Are you kidding me? You stay here for three years? And guess what? 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It is what it is. I opened my center in Hong Kong. I won the world championship the first time for Hong Kong. I was received by the chief executive at the time and they granted me uh, special privileges. And they, you know, they asked me to represent Hong Kong and they gave me uh, the citizenship. Mm. Yeah, and they gave me citizenship. So I became a Hong Kong passport holder and Hong Kong representative. So I traveled representing Hong Kong and I had... Uh, you know, a good deal with the government cool. yeah. at the time. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, it's I home think, to you now. Yeah, it's home to me. I think I did Hong Kong proud and, I, and I'm very yeah. happy, yeah. you know, yeah. being... And how home. was it when, because you told me about when it was COVID here in Hong Kong, it was very difficult. And then also the the other guests that I interviewed, they told me, depending on their businesses, but overall they told me it was tough on the business. So... In a way, it was another big challenge for you mm. at that time. You told me a lot of businesses shut down. So what was your mindset at that time and what kept you going? Well, yeah, like I say, we are defined by, uh, by all the challenges that we tackle. During COVID, it was, I think, the most brutal time for me, for my uh, business. I'm very passionate. I love what I do. And if I'm not able to go to the gym anymore, mm. it's really tough. It's, it affect me, you know, mentally, emotionally, I was affected. And, you know, if you're, if I'm deprived, I get affected emotionally, mentally, and that's not good. If I'm, my mental state is not good, that's not good. So I had to find a way to overcome that. And that's why I, I started uh, on this uh, online teaching. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing online teaching before. It was very new to me. So I started with uh, social media. I focused a bit more on social media. And I think during that time, I made sure I found a way to have fun using social media and expressing myself. Before, I could never, you know, I found it very difficult to speak on camera and to to speak in general. And so being there on social media and speaking and whatever was never my thing. So I had to force myself to present and, and speak and, and have fun out there. And I think I, I think I did quite good. You always have to challenge yourself and you make things out of nothing and you just, you know, find a way to, you know, make something, you know. Again, like I say, in the worst situation, 
you find a way to make something out of it, out of the, the mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Make people laugh, even though there's sadness everywhere. And I came up with like videos and things that went viral. I remember that I did this video where I was doing the split on the MTR and it went viral, right? I was I went to the MTR and and I was wearing my mask and someone else wasn't wearing the mask. And when the person wanted to sit, I did the split and then I blocked the person. Right? <laughs> and that video it was and it was very funny. It was just it was a friend of mine with whom we did the video, right? We were all together. And I had that idea. I thought it would be very funny to present it that way. You know, people should wear the mask so that we don't don't get infected and, and we stop this. My goal was to stop this social measure because the gym was closed. And for the gym to be open, we need to have less case. And to have less case, people need to observe social distancing and wear their mask and whatever. Yeah. So at the time, I thought, I just want the gym to be open. I need people to just observe that social distancing and just keep their mask on so that we can get over with this shit. So I came up with that idea and that video became viral. It was a session. But to, I, got, I got paid for that video at the end. Yeah. I saw that video. Ah, nice. Well, yeah. Reflecting on that, to promote your business, did you learn from that? And do you keep... Use, do you still use like digital marketing to develop your business and what do you expect from marketing? Because I'm running my social media marketing agency. And so I'm interested to know that because for a lot of my clients, I focus on growing their social media presence because it's a way to really interact with your audience. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't sell anything online, I think it's a way to be authentic and, and, you know, really create relationship with your audience and find maybe reach more customers. So did you keep that? Do you do, do you focus on like personal branding and all this stuff? Definitely. I mean, with social media, I mean, before COVID, I wasn't paying much attention on social media. I wasn't a big fan. I was using it, but low key. Right? Yeah. When COVID hit, I started using it a bit more. I focused on it and I started paying attention. And then I saw the outcome, right? I've got contact or I've got, I get, I got reached out by people that I never thought I would be talking to, whether it's movie star, whether it's uh, in the entertainment industry, a lot of movie star, a lot of uh, artists people that are really famous and that are just so on TV and that I never told that you could even speak to each other. That's someone like Joe Rogan, for example, reach, reach out to me or write to me on social media. I could have never imagined, right? That I'm talking to, to Joe Rogan. He contacted me and he's talking to me. Yeah, he's following me. Actually, the first time I saw Joe Rogan was following me, when I say, oh, Joe Rogan is following you now. I'm like, huh? I thought maybe it was a fake account, someone or whatever. And then I saw someone typing and then send it to me. And I'm like, that's Joe Rogan. And he's like, start talking to me. You saw me so many other celebrities, you know, that started talking to me on Instagram or who complimented me on a video that I posted or a training that I was doing or something that I was doing. But remember, most of the things that I do, the video that I'm posting, the training that I'm doing, that's just, it was just me being me. So mm. sometimes you have to just be yourself and do what you are good at. If you're doing something and that you you are good at, if you're cooking or if you, I don't know what you do, you're playing soccer, you're cooking, you're doing gymnastics, you're doing 
I don't know, whatever it is that you do or that you love to do, you're just presenting exactly what you're doing mm. and you, you're showing how you do it. And people love it. So sometimes you have to be very simple and just do what you love to do. Yeah. Because doing what you love to do will not be a burden to you. It will come naturally and easily. I think it's the most natural way to yeah. develop your social brand. And, yeah, because yeah, you, you have... Then, then now you have like a big community of people yeah. that follow you. And also I was curious to know what's the... Because there's a lot of... You saw a lot of competitors in mm. Hong Kong. It's a city where everybody... I'm, I'm impressed because everybody work out weekly. Mm. It's a, a city. Everybody do any kind of sport, mm. which is a good thing. So there's a lot of people of potential customers, mm. but also a lot of other fitness centers and mm. many different things. So what's the kind of the secret of your longevity? Because it's been a while. That it's you been have, a while. Yeah. It's been a long while. I've been here. I think I'm like one of the pioneers because when I opened Impact, there was no much, not much gym around. I was one of the very few mm -hmm. gym, okay? And Pure Fitness just opened after I opened. Okay. Yeah. And I remember I was a consultant for Pure Fitness when they opened. And we've been there and I've seen a lot of gym open and close, open and close, open and close since since I've opened, right? I've seen a lot of gym open and close and so on. And I would say that the secret is just to focus on you, focus on what you're doing, not on other people. It's not a, it's not a fight. It's not a, a battle that you're having with, uh, with people. Just focus on what you're doing. And I'd say if you do what you're doing, If you do it well, if you focus on what you do and you love what you do and you're doing well, there's no reason for you not to stay there for, for some time. I think just focus on what you do mm -hmm. and people will notice and people will appreciate. Yeah. The success of Impact was just, you know, for me to be, you know, very down to earth and very approachable, connected with the people. All the people who have been planned at Impact over the years never forgot about me. When I'm traveling everywhere I go, I meet them. Everywhere I go in the world, I meet people yeah. who are training at Impact. It's very funny that in return, if I go to a restaurant elsewhere in any places in the world, someone that was training at Impact is sitting somewhere there and it's going to come to me. I'll be invited to a restaurant, I'll be invited to a ceremony, I'll be invited to places, you know, because of the mm -hmm. relationship that, uh, or because of the connection that people had with me when they made me at Impact. Yeah. yeah. You're very good with, uh, for an introvert, you're very good with people. <laughs> <laughs> people Thanks. really, because you share your passion, you share your motivation, and it's really something that we feel when yeah. we talk to you, which brings me to the question about your staff and mm. your team, because you told me a fun anecdote about mm. your team. Regularly, they fight all together mm -hmm. to release all the tension and things like that, which I think it's a very good way to, to do it. So how do you manage that and how do you get to have this? You told me you have quite an autonomous team. Mm -hmm. You no longer have manager. So how do you keep this friendly and healthy environment? So I think the most difficult part in a business is being able to manage the team. People are from different backgrounds 
and they have different personality. So it's very difficult for them to get along. So managing a team is very hard. So human resource has to do a lot. The manager has to do a lot. And for me, I had to make sure that, you know, they get along. So I had things to do. First of all, as a boss, I made sure to be very close to them. So I'm not showing them that I'm the boss and they are just under me. I'm showing them that as the boss, I'm going to do a lot of things for them. So I take an example. Sometimes the cleaner will come and see me cleaning and the cleaner will be like, boss, how can you do that? Please let me do. And I say, no, let me show you how it's done. When I'm asking you to clean, it's not because I don't know how to clean. I'll show you. And sometimes I'll be there just helping the cleaner. And I think if you put yourself in that position and you, the person, the cleaner, see you helping them like that, they have more respect for you. I think they feel, you know, closer to me and they have more respect for me. And I did the same, th- same thing with each one of my staff. They were very close to me. And also I gave them a lot of autonomy. Right. So they were able to self-manage themselves. I just want them to follow my my direction, but then be self-manageable. Mm-hmm. Right. But follow my direction. I'm the leader. You guys have to be in the same direction as me. Yeah. Right. So I'm the leader. You guys going in the same direction as me. Just follow my direction. But while following my direction, you are free to maneuver the way yeah. you want to maneuver. So if you walk in a straight line, you are free to either be standing, you know, sitting, crawling on one leg, on two legs, it's up to you. You can just handle it the way you want. So you are free to, to maneuver, you know, the way you want, but follow my direction. That's mm. what I was asking. Mm. Mm. So I didn't, I wasn't to reprimand them about the time, about the, no, I give them the sense of the value and sense of what we're looking for. I'm telling them, in our business, the client are king and queen. So you have to take care of the client first, make sure that they're happy, be very close to them and greet them by their name. For me, my thing was you have to greet, I have to know each one of my client by name and I have to greet them by saying their name. If mm-hmm. I say I greet you by saying your name and ask you, how are you? Are you okay today? How's family? Are they good? Okay, let's do this, let's do that. Then the client feel that personal touch. They feel like the sense of belonging. They feel like they belong. That was something that was very important to me, that mm-hmm. all my staff knew everybody by name. So I'll do a check every week or every two weeks or every month, and I'll say, okay, you tell me about all your clients, and, yeah. you know, and you tell yeah. me about your client by name. You're not looking in the paper or looking in the computer. You tell me, oh, I had this client. No, you tell me client by name. How many clients did you have this week? What are their names? What do they do? Where yeah. do they even live? Yeah. What do they do? And what did you train with them? And my trainer knows that. So I think this was very beneficial because, you know, as a result, the client felt feel very close to the gym. They felt a sense of belonging. And that's why 20 years later, they never forgot impact. Never forgot impact. Yeah. So impact closed, you know, the biggest club. The, during COVID, because as a result of COVID, but even though we move and have a very small and very humble place, people still didn't forget about Impact. And even when Impact was closed and didn't have a physical place, people still didn't forget Impact. We could yeah. still do online training. We could still yeah. do a lot, you know, anywhere else. Even though we didn't have a physical place, because Impact is not just it's not just the physical club. 
impact it was community was, yeah community impact was that idea impact was the the relationship that we built with uh, with all the people that was it wow nice yeah so you shared this vision and the direction with your team mm-hmm. and what's your big next challenge at impact Is it um, to open another? Yeah. So, yeah, I know you were talking about how I was doing team building. You know, once uh, once in a while, I'm doing team building with my team just to keep them at bay. There's a lot of, uh, some people call it bad blood or, or mm. whatever, you know, people are angry with each other, people resentment. have resentment and so on. So for me, what I did, and, and even against me, right? So I know that some of the team members didn't always agree with me or had something to say about me. And for me, I'm, it's normal. It's human to be like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's normal. And I want them to express themselves. I want them to feel like they could punch me in the gut if they want to, right? And I give them an opportunity to, to do that. So for me, I'm very fair. And I know that this is one thing that I do that is very helpful and even healing because my staff, they don't have any stress. Every month, I organize a group team building We don't just go out for drinks. Sometimes we stay in the gym and we do a training together. We do that, I think, twice a month or once or twice a month. So I set a time and I invite everyone in our group chat that we have training. And during that training, we do some drills and then we do sparring. And during the sparring, you have an opportunity to punch and to fight with anyone, with everyone in the first place. Okay, first, first of all, Everyone will be fighting against everyone. Okay, we're going to do two by two, and then we're going to co- all come together. And everyone will fight against me. So if you, ha- if you ever had something against me, or if you, you, you were ever angry with me, you have an opportunity to, to settle it. If you ever wanted to punch me in the gut or in the face, you have an opportunity to do it. No, nothing, no one is going to be holding it against you. It's not going to leave that place. It's going to end up there. Mm. You're going to settle it there and it's over. So you have the opportunity. So every month, my staff had the opportunity to put me to my places if they weren't happy with me. And they had the opportunity to put each other in places if they weren't happy with each other. And I think that was very healing because yeah, yeah. after that, they only had respect for each other. I noticed that after I made them do that, they only have respect for each other. And for me, and for me too, I mean, they go sparring, they go and they bring their best against me, and then that's the opportunity. And after that, just respect. It's just respect. I have as much respect for them, and they have as much respect for me, because we settled everything. Yeah. Right? Even though they never really had the opportunity to beat me like they wanted to. <laughs> It never really works. But, you know, they had a chance, right? <laughs> so it was really fun and it was very healing. And it kept uh, my business and it kept peace at work. It was a good thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, maybe it'll inspire people. <laughs> <laughs> But do it's, it well. It's at your risk and period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering then what's your next big challenge at Impact? I'm curious to know. Are you thinking about opening another another place? Not necessarily. I don't think that just by opening more and more places and having to manage a lot of stuff and a lot of... And I don't think that's necessary. I think that at this point with me, I'm re- I really have enjoyed you know, everything that I've enjoyed. I brought a lot of people to Hong Kong, a lot of trainers that are in Hong Kong. I brought them. 
So a lot of gyms that are open in Hong Kong, sorry, a lot of gyms that are open in Hong Kong are opened by people that I brought to Hong Kong. And I'm very proud of them. I'm very proud of them. And this is exactly how it's done. You know, they came, they worked for me for a certain number of years. They gave me what they were supposed to give me. And they went on to continue their life. And I received messages from them every day, mm. thanking me and being appreciative and being really grateful for the opportunity that I gave them. And I'm proud of them, seeing them performing and being happy in their achievement on their endeavor. That's how it's supposed to be. Today, I'll say that I'm very happy with my life. I have a very good presence online. My business online is doing well. I have some sponsor. I have to fly every three months to do seminars uh, abroad. I like doing seminars. I think going, going to do seminars in different countries is something that I also wanted to do. And it's, and teaching people, just people that I don't know every three months, it's nice. It's nice mm-hmm. to do. And, uh, and I like that. And I think not being too busy, having to do so many hours every day teaching people is good for me. Yeah. So I do very specific and very selective training with some selected people. And that's enough for me. I did one with you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we should do another one. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And I also take all the time, the rest of the time to train myself. I love training and I love challenging myself and coming up with yeah. new idea because I'm selling my product also online. So I have to research what I'm going to sell and I have to do a lot of research and work on combination, work on uh, programs and yeah. whatever. So I do a lot of research and I'm having a lot of fun training yeah. and coming up with uh, mm-hmm. things to do. And I think that's, I love my life doing that. And I'm still competing. So I'm still, I want to do, I'm going to compete next in a karate combat. It's kind of MMA, but on the ground, you only have four seconds. So this is a challenge for me. <laughs> okay. I love that. I want to do it and I'm going to do it this year. I also want to compete in a bodybuilding. I want to do a couple of shows. A lot of people think that I have such potential in bodybuilding. And I think, why not? It's yeah, a challenge. Yeah, so yeah, like I said, yeah. I love challenge. So yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll probably do it uh, towards the end of the year and so on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we started this conversation talking about challenge and here we are wrapping up with talking about challenge again, which brings us to the last question. Your story is very inspiring because we learned a lot about how you apprehend challenges, how you apprehend hardships. And well, it's inspiring to me. So I guess it'll be inspiring to other people. I hope so. So you gave us some tips and things you learned, but to wrap up, do you have lessons or tips for other entrepreneurs or maybe future entrepreneurs of something you would like to share with them when it comes to running your own business? Yeah, I think that a lot of people invest in a business because they have this idea and then they think that by just pumping money, that's all they need to do. I think that if you really want to invest or spend your money into a business, you have to do your homework first. You need to know, you need to make sure that you you love, you know, what you want to invest on, right? Because then it will never be a lose-lose situation. You know, if you love what you're doing, you will pay attention and you will be there. You will give it sometimes, you will give it more attention because you love it, because you love what you're doing. So I think if you want to invest into something, invest in something that brings you joy, that brings you, you know, happiness. Yeah. And even even if you don't pour a lot of money, but just 
you start a business and at the beginning you're motivated. I found that talking to people, a lot of people, they give up af after some years. Yeah. But actually the businesses that really grow and, and work is that the question is from maybe he recognized himself as someone that I talk a lot about entrepreneurship. And he told me, would you be ready to do that for 10 years? If the answer is no, don't yeah, even don't do start. Yeah. 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 If the answer is no, then don't do it. Because at the beginning, the it'll be hard. You'll have many things that yeah. won't go as planned. Yeah. So are you motivated enough and passionate enough to do that for 10 years? If yes, then... Exactly. And and that's what I say. I think we, we, we're saying the same thing because I say, if you love something, I mean, you're going for, for a period of time because you love it, because you're having fun, because you're happy doing it, because, you know, it brings you joy. It brings you, you know, some yeah. things that, that could last for more than that. But if you don't, if you just want to make it as a, it's just money, mm. be careful. Yeah. And remember that in the beginning, you will be challenged. You will probably lose more than you earn. So are you willing to ride that all mm. the way through? Mm. You know, because success is coming, you know, down the line, right? It's not always in the beginning. Yeah. So you gotta be tough first before we get better. Yeah. So you gotta be persistent. <laughs> you gotta be persistent and consistent. Yeah. Uh, this is how people should tackle life. You know, mm. be consistent with what you do. Stay on track and be consistent. Small step every day, you know, gets you far. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's a good way to end the Love episode. what you do and do what you love. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank was, you for having was me. It was very nice. <laughs> thank you. I hope you appreciate it as well. I enjoy it. So if the listeners want to learn more or book a class with you, where should they go? Well, if they have a question, shoot me a question anytime. My Instagram, you know, alinogarani at gmail.com. You know, okay. find my Instagram, shoot me any message, any question, any concern that you have. And if you want to train with me, come and see me at Impact. Okay. I'll add the all the links to the your yeah. Instagram mm -hmm. in the description of the episode. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> I hope you're inspired by today's business story. And if you're thinking about running your own business, you might now be one step closer to doing so. If you own a business and you're looking to get more visibility and reach new customers, try the social media pack from Octogen, a monthly retainer to grow your business through social media marketing and optimization. Check out octogenhk.com, the agency that helps business owners find their place on social media. See you in two weeks to meet a new Hong Kong business owner and don't forget to leave me five stars to support me and follow me on Instagram at hk.businessowners. Bye!